passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back inside another riveting episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell, your loyal hosts. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We appreciate you guys following along each and every week as we talk about the wild world that is Auburn athletics and plenty to discuss today, as I'm sure our listeners are uh, very well versed in. And we're going to get into a lot of the action. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Bowl Sunday and the last game of football season. Of course, Jay and I are going to break down the Super Bowl in this episode as well. So this is an appropriate ad. As always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, player performance props, even where the next fired coach is going to land. Interesting. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports, even down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. So, all of our listeners, make sure you head to Bet Online today. You can even use your mobile device and sign up, and they are giving a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit for our listeners. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get that 50% welcome bonus and get to play in. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online. Thank you for sponsoring our show each and every week. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this episode, Jay. We obviously just talked before we started recording. Um, no one is, you know, under a rock. Everyone is very aware of the situation that's happening around Auburn athletics right now. Um, it is not a very positive situation and Jason and I do not want to be a gossip podcast. So if you are here for that, we are not the destination for you. You can go to Twitter spaces because everyone and their mother has been doing Twitter spaces this week to talk about everything that's going on. And at the end of the day, Jason and I love Auburn. We are affiliated with Auburn and we are here to discuss fact, not gossip. And so we are going to, this feels like our last episode, Jason, where we said this about the Austin Davis situation. We are not here to speculate. We are not here to run with whatever rumors we lean toward. Um, we'll quickly discuss the situation going on with Brian Harson and where things stand right now. But beyond that, you know, we're all going to wait and see what the result is. Neither of us want this to be 
um, you know, unfortunately what social media has been in the last two weeks, just a free for all with everyone throwing their thoughts and opinions and even, you know, sometimes slander one way or the other um, at the wall. And honestly, that's only going to hinder the situation that Auburn athletics is in right now. And we're not here to do that. So um, Jay, if you want to add anything to that sentiment, cause I know you and I want to make it crystal clear that we are, you know, in no way spewing anything, nor do we have any more inside information that, that we would allude to on this show. Yes. Uh, Taylor, I think you did an outstanding job of uh, bringing knowledge to everything that we've talked about. And like I said, this is, it, it's true. Like, you know, a lot is going on right now. Yeah. And we have a lot to talk about in the podcast, uh, you know, from basketball and everything as well. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, football has been a big part of Auburn University for as many years as we can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're the head coach at Auburn, it comes with a lot of different details and it comes right. with a lot of uh, luggage that you have to carry. Um, sure. But the thing is, everybody has to be careful on Twitter and Instagrams and everything because why? Number one, I'm going to tell you, recruits see that. Yep. So if recruits see you putting all this stuff out there and you don't know what's true and what's not true, how about you just hold still till everything can be figured out? Agreed. Because if recruits sees you doing this type of stuff, that's going to kind of make them a little bit more hesitant. So we want to make this thing more about the players, making sure our players are staying mentally strong, making sure our players are staying strong, make sure they're doing the things that they need to do. Because at the end of the day, football can have S's and O's, but making sure you keep your team together, making sure guys are focused. Like I've gone through coordinator after coordinator every year when I was at Auburn. Yeah. And I still was able to, to help propel because the simple fact was I stayed focused on what I need to do. And if you get focused on all the things that you can't control, then all of a sudden things can spiral because now everything is hearsay, he say, she say. And right now, Auburn is just in a, in a spot where this thing can't linger. For one, it does need to get handled soon one way or another. Right. Uh, just from the simple fact that spring ball is, is, is getting near and it's getting close faster as we go. And, you know, if Harson's the guy, then there's some damage control that that will have to be done. If he's not the guy, then the new guy has to come in and immediately starts to move fast. And right. he can't he can't deal with negativity off the bat. So, you know, we've got to control this thing from the outside. Yes, everyone has a voice. That's good. We live in a society where you can speak your mind. But right. at the same time, understand that people are watching and listening and seeing what you're saying as well. And it's not just adults, these kids, these students, they're listening, they're watching. So be careful and be mindful of how you say things in the way that you say it, because you could affect your own university and you could affect players on the football team. Yep. So, you know, we have to understand that aspect. So moving forward, Taylor Davis, we have what are we talking to. about first. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think that, Uh, The reality is that this situation will continue to unfold as we all know, you know, things start coming out about coach Harson about his approach and his culture and maybe even some personal decisions that the university um, has, you know, begun an investigation into obviously, like you said, I think that it lingering is, you know, bad for all parties involved because whichever way this thing goes, we need to deal with, you know, the present and the future. And we're, we're living in the past right now. We are, we are being kept 
in this um, weird time warp that prevents us from from turning this thing toward a, a better future, it, whether it's with Harson or without him and whoever would would follow him as well. But I think that, you know, a priority to our student athletes and their well-being and making sure that whoever is at the helm is the right person for the job. And it's not just about wins and losses. And that goes for his hiring or his firing. You know, I think that the priority of, you know, a man who's going to best mold these young men in today's version of college football, which has more to it than it ever has. When you add in NILs and, and everything, the transfer portal and all these decisions that these young men are now having to make while they're working their way to adulthood, coaches have such a massive responsibility now more than ever, and it goes beyond the field. So these decisions can't be made lightly, but accusations should not be made lightly either. And so you want to make sure that the voices being heard, the voices speaking up are credible ones. And that's not always the case on social media. And so that's where this thing, you know, I think has become a very negative public space. And that certainly has an impact on the current players and potential future recruits. It makes me think of not to get into, you know, a sermon here, but it makes me think of the verse Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much will be required. And I think that that is certainly applicable for college coaches, because look, there's a lot of money that these men take on when they take on these roles. And obviously it affords you a great life. The same can now be said for these players, but look, it's also the case for you, Jason. It's the case for myself. It's the case for anyone who has their own social media platform. We have, you know, like you said, freedom of speech and and all these abilities, you know, living the life that we do in today's day and age, but there's a responsibility that comes with that. There's a responsibility to not make things worse. There's a responsibility to not speak on a subject that you don't have credibility to speak on. Um, and so I think we all need to keep that fresh in our mind. And I hope that the people making these decisions and, and involved in this investigation are rooted in the right thing as well. And that the right motivations and um, selflessness are involved in this because uh, that's the only way we get to the the proper resolve. But also Brian Harson, just worth mentioning, he has returned from vacation and he is attending the SEC coaches meeting today, which has nothing to do with this Auburn thing. I feel like people have gotten that confused. This coaches meeting was scheduled months ago. This happens every year. It just so happens that it fell in the time of, of this limbo for him, but he is in attendance. Um, there were pictures of him getting there this morning and he is still there and operating as Auburn's head football coach until he hears otherwise. So that's where things stand right now. Obviously, developments will probably continue. I hope that we have an answer by the time we record next week, because I think Jay and I will feel more comfortable giving our thoughts and opinions as people expect on this show once a decision has been made. Neither of us want to speak out about something while there is still more information to gather. So, um, that's where we stand on that and take with it what you will. But one thing I want to talk about in regards to Auburn football, 
is that we are going to have three players attend the NFL Combine, which is happening March 1st in Indianapolis. No surprise here. Roger McCreary, Smoke Monday, and Zacoby McLean have all been invited to show out at the NFL Combine. Jay, how... How beneficial is that NFL combine? I mean, I know that, you know, it's not the be all end all plenty of guys make it in the league who don't get that shot. But if you are, you know, Roger Smoke and Zacoby who have that opportunity, you know, how do you make the most of it? Oh, it's a huge opportunity, especially for uh, Roger McLean and I mean, Roger McQuarrie and (laughs) McClay, you know, both of those guys got a chance to participate in the Senior Bowl. And that gave them a little bit more of an experience and a little bit of an edge because you've already gone through a week of practice where you've seen GMs, you've seen Mm -hmm. owners, you've seen other uh, pro coaches and everything. So you kind of got a little bit of what the combine is going to be like once you get to Indianapolis because it's some of the same stuff as if there's no practice, there's no game, but there are drills that you have to do. And during these drills, I call them tough because it's not like you get the rapid fire. You may do a drill and you may have to wait 10 guys go in front of you before you get a chance to do do it again. So... You know, the pro day is the is the biggest thing for, for a lot of guys is when they come on campus and then that way yeah. you're in your territory, what you're used to, and you get a chance to showcase these coaches uh, in a closer manner. But the, the Indianapolis thing is just an opportunity for everybody to get a chance to evaluate for coaches and people to kind of just talk about players amongst themselves and, and, and everything and try to figure out trades and all those type of things because free agency is coming as well. And right. some of these people are trying to figure out who they're going to deal, who they're going to try to sign, who they're going to try to draft in the in the draft. So there's a lot of things that take place in Indianapolis. And, but this is a big moment for these kids because everybody's going to be watching uh, what they do on TV, the 40, the vertical, the, you know, the all their drills that they'll be doing from a position standpoint. This is a, a, a big opportunity and, and people are going to be rooting for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping all three of those guys – have success. I'm um, hoping that they have success on their pro day and, um, you know, and that they can, you know, get drafted where they, where they dream of getting drafted. Just having an opportunity to play on a Sunday right. is, is magnificent within itself. So, you know, already great achievements accomplished. I thought all three of these guys had really good careers at Auburn. Uh, Smoke Monday leaving a special name because the name Smoke Monday, you know, we have <laughs> Hank Bisbee, you know, we've had, you know, all different kind of names, Cadillac, you know, That's to come so through true. Auburn. That's so true. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all three of these guys could have great professional careers. And so it's exciting to see the beginning of that. Obviously the NFL season is going to conclude this weekend with the Super Bowl. We are going to preview that one at the end of the episode, whenever we get through our Auburn sports updates, but Also have another sponsor with a word for you guys. And this is from Masterworks. Want to make some money? That's a dumb question. Of course we all do. How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced to the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions of dollars. Over 300,000 people have already signed up, and our listeners can get priority access with our promo. Just log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. 
And you can see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. Thank you, Masterworks. Um, okay, before we get into our Super Bowl preview, let's go ahead and talk about our basketball team a little bit. Still, you know, really impressive and a lot to still accomplish down the stretch, but a difficult week, unfortunately. Uh, 19 game win streak was snapped, but we're all human. You know what I mean? And Jay, I know you've got an opinion on this because it hurt me and you're going to make me feel better, but uh, the Tigers narrowly escaped Athens with a win last Saturday against Georgia, but then they fell to Arkansas in overtime in front of the largest crowd in their history. I mean, it was certainly a, a rowdy group, but both of those games, we have been without starting point guard Zeb Jasper, which certainly affects the depth but this weekend will be hopefully a great opportunity to bounce back, but always a tough one. Uh, Texas A&M will be coming to town and college game day is going to be on the planes, which is very exciting, especially in lieu of some of the, you know, negative press Auburn has been getting lately. Let's remind everyone that it is the loveliest village on the planes. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M has dropped their last seven, five of those by single digits. They are driven by their guards, especially senior Quentin Jackson, who's averaging 13 a game. He's their leading scorer and Marcus William leads them in assists. So the Tigers are down a little bit right now, but sometimes a loss is your biggest motivation to return to your best. And I think what's worth pointing out, uh, Coach Pearl talked about it after the game in Georgia he said, our guys are tired. I mean, we have gone on quite a stretch, you know, Oklahoma, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Arkansas, these road environments are very tough when you're the number one team in the nation and you are going to get everyone's best and you are going to get their largest, rowdiest crowd. Um, even the Missouri game was flipping tough. So I think it is, it kind of seemed like they were fatigued a little bit in this one. I mean, obviously this isn't a, a three-point team. You know, this isn't the same identity that we had back in 19. Um, and Arkansas did a great job clogging the lanes. And, and defensively, they had a good plan for us. But we were having a hard time getting anything to go in to begin with. Obviously, the refs were calling everything. And that's, you know, you're going to get that sometimes. It is what it is. But there were, there were many an opportunity for this team to walk away with that dub. I think that there was a little bit of fatigue that started to show itself. And when you go into overtime in a, an environment like that, it's going to be taxing. But sometimes that loss, man, it beats the tired right out of you. And, and you come back rejuvenated. Oh, Taylor, come on. Get some excitement about the I loss. Am. You know, I, I know. Am. I understand a loss. It hurts. It stings. I watched the same <laughs> game. I saw those Arkansas fans going crazy. Oh. And what an environment, you know. But the okay. environment was created. Why? Because our basketball team was ranked number one. So, yeah. you know, we made their environment environment what it was. So, mm-hmm. the thing about this game is, yes, you, you understand the importance of Zepp Jaster not being there. He's not a, a major shooter for us, but he is a guy that distributes the basketball. And as a guard, that is one of the biggest things and the accolades that you can have is, yep. is how you get everybody involved. Yes, Green Jr. is a great player. Katie Johnson is a great player, but they're not a dis- distinguisher like Zepp Jaster is. And that's why he's out there. And it helps your rotation when he's there because now with our guards, you can rotate them. And when you rotate them, they have a lot more energy. When they come to the court, they can give it because they got the next guy that's coming right back in to to replace them, giving that same amount of energy. So what we do, we typically wear teams down 
when the second half rolls around, it's about eight, nine minutes to go in the game. That's when we start to pull away from guys and pull away from teams just because the aspect that depth takes over. We hadn't had the opportunity to have that depth from our guard, per se, since he's been out. So it'll be very key if he's back. If he was in that game, yes, I think we win it because I think those other two guards, our other two guards would have been more rejuvenated and refreshed, but they had to play so many more minutes because he's not there. Now, the thing that I can take from this game is this is a good loss for us. And I say this meaning I wish we'd have won, but the reason it is a good loss is because one, we've been treading water for the last couple of games. And when you have that pressure of being number one, everybody's giving you your best shot. So Yes, you're going to be drained a little bit because you're trying to stay above water and they're trying to get to the top of the water and it just wears you out. And the fact that you have to go on the road and you're not at home to get any rest or you go from Georgia to Arkansas and all of a sudden, the the thing to me is you learn so much in this game. There's so much that happened late in this ball game that we need to learn from that would have happened to us in an NCAA tournament and we'd have lost and we'd be at home. Mm-hmm. And now you get a chance to see that and you get just to learn from it late in the game. We got to find a way to get the ball to Jabari Smith when the game's on the line. Yes, William Green Jr., he hit the last four shots of regulation to put us at, you know where we were with the opportunity to win the game at the end of the game. But you have to know as a guard, what's the best thing for you to do there? Take a 35-foot jump shot or try to get to the basket or try to or try to come off a pick, penetrate. If somebody collapse on you, then you can kick the ball out. You have Jabari, you have other guys, Katie Jones, you can kick the ball out to get a better looking shot. Or you just post up Jabari and give him the ball and let him go one-on-one. He's 16, going to be a top five draft pick. So those are things that you can learn from this game that when we get into the tournament, you best believe in that situation, who's getting that ball? Jabari Smith is getting that ball. He should. Or, or if, or if, if Green going to have the ball in his hand, he's going to come off a pick and he's probably going to get collapsed on, then he's either going to kick the ball at Jabari, or he can throw the lob to Kessler, or yeah. he can kick it out to Katie Johnson. There's more options rather than selling for a 35-foot shot. That's not the answer. These right. kids all want to be Steph Curry nowadays. <laughs> no, like, no, you got to play high percentage, high IQ basketball in those moments. So that's something that they will learn from. That's something they would take from. And plus, Zesler, Kessler wasn't in the, Kessler was in the game. Yeah, he fouled out. Overtime. So that he fouled out. So that that hurt. So, yeah. you know, you have to understand that this is a good loss because what? It only dropped us one spot. We went to number two. So you're still going to be a top four seed in a tournament, and you're going to be a one seed in your region. As long as we stay where we're at and we don't, you know, drop any more games. Right. Or the simple fact that we hold off Kentucky and win the overall SEC SEC uh, conference title. So, you know, there's so much in front of these guys and so much that they can keep playing for. And I just hope that they respond to this the right way and get another streak going because honestly, to go into the tournament trying to hold a streak together oh, is more God. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it's more pressure than anything. I want these guys to win a championship. Forget Dang. the streak. I want them to win a championship, bring a championship to Auburn basketball program. Like that would be phenomenal. So if it took this to get some of that pressure off, then, hey, it is what it is. And we can regroup and rebound because we're not playing for a street. We're playing to try to win a national title. I totally agree with you. I think the priority is certainly postseason. And sometimes, I mean, it's a tale as old as time. Getting to the top is easier than staying at the top. And I would certainly rather it be now than, uh, you know, middle of March. Catch my drift. Um, But nonetheless, hopefully we have a fantastic crowd on Saturday. I expect nothing less. 
college game day will be a super cool thing to watch and uh, a big game against Texas A&M. Now, next weekend, I already kind of got my eye on, we have a game at Florida and they sold that game out weeks ago. So that will be another very rowdy road test. It just, you, you, that feels inevitable once you attain the level of success that this team has, has gathered. So It is fine, man. I freaking love that we're this team. The the play in front of crowds, like who wants to go play in front of a boring crowd? Totally. Well, you go on the road, you want it. Like there's so many fans and people going against you and just want to see you just lose. And as a player, like only few get a chance to experience that. You know, I got a chance to experience that senior year at Auburn. Like they go into these hostile environments like that environment is created because you're playing so well. Totally. Like that's that's why I want these kids to understand. Like, man, you're doing something great. Like, this haven't been seen in Auburn basketball history. So just keep doing what you're doing. Forget the Arkansas loss. Hey, it is what it is. There's still a good basketball team as well. Other teams lost this week. You got to think, yeah. like, you know, Houston lost a tough game to SMU. You know, they was ranked number six. I think Oklahoma beat Kansas, I believe, and Kansas was ranked. So there's teams that, that have lost. Like, we've been the most challenged team, but because we're playing in the most hostile environments and everybody wants to get for us. I don't know what it is about Auburn, but everybody <laughs> want to come for us. <laughs> and look, if you're a true competitor, that should fuel you anyway. So hopefully that's what happens with our guys. One more Auburn update, and then we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Gymnastics is continuing their great season so far and Suni Lee leading the way as expected. This girl is just dominating in college gymnastics, fresh off her Olympic all around gold medal. She was actually named SEC gymnast of the week this past week and Auburn's Sophia Groth, I think is how you pronounce it or Groth one of the two. She was named SEC freshman of the week, which is fantastic. And the team had a record tying score of 197.75 against LSU. So congratulations to them. Uh, SUNY won her second straight all around title with a score of 39.825, which is the highest score in program history and is also tied for highest in the country this season and included a perfect 10 on bars where she freaking dominates. Uh, They have a home meet versus Missouri tomorrow. So if you're in the Auburn area, you got another stacked weekend of Auburn athletics. Go ahead and pack the arena Friday night gymnastics against Missouri. And then Saturday morning, college game day, followed by Texas A&M men's basketball. It'll be a great weekend down on the plains. The weather's also supposed to be fantastic this weekend. So uh, sets up for a great weekend. What is also going to be great this weekend is the Super Bowl, of course. And Jay and I are going to give you our thoughts and predictions on this one. I've got a few matchups that I'm going to ask Jay to give me his pick on. So we are going to get to all of that, but we have one more sponsor to hear from, and that is NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system, which is great. 
With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe. Or once you get there, you can use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month completely free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So again, that is Nord, and that is spelled N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash believe. All right, Jason, finally, but certainly not least importantly, Super Bowl matchup happening this Sunday in SoFi Stadium in California, Inglewood, California, obviously the home stadium of one of the teams playing in this year's Super Bowl for the second straight year. Um, A team will be playing a Super Bowl at home, which is interesting. Um, And that is obviously the Los Angeles Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. So Want to talk about this one? I'm actually going to get you to give me your picks on a few specific matchups, and then we're going to tally those up and see if they match your game prediction, which surely it will. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Okay, starting it off with these QBs. Very different stories. Obviously, Matt Stafford, a veteran in the league, has been here for so long, but is finally reaching the pinnacle, which is just something he has struggled to do, but he is there now. Uh, against Joe Burrow, who's only in his second year in the league, but has the composure of a veteran. Which QB do you lean toward, Jay? Well, I say this. There's a Super Bowl this week? Oh, (laughs) it is. Man. Oh, geez. There's so much going on. (laughs) I mean, truly. There's a Super Bowl. Like, we we talked about so much over the last two weeks. Um, And there's a game this Sunday to to be played to decide the the, the Super Bowl. So we need a distraction. Right. So my whole thing about this is, ooh, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, both are SEC quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, both, you know, so that's awesome. Fourth Mm -hmm. time this happened in the Super Bowl that we've had two SEC quarterbacks go against each other. Didn't know if you knew that. Trivia question. the next thing is in this ball game, there are two complete similar teams from an offensive standpoint. Zach mm-hmm. Taylor, you know, at Cincinnati, what he's done over the, this year, you know, the first year he struggled. Last year, Burrow gets hurt. You yep. know, people wonder what this season is going to look like. And you look up, now they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, team that hadn't Amazing. won a playoff game in 30 years, but had really good teams. But now all of a sudden, they find a way to get to the playoffs, win their first playoff game in 30 years, and it just propels them always to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the Cinderella story. Everybody likes these Cinderella stories. When you look at, when you think about NCAA tournament, everyone always rides the Cinderella. But in the in the NFL, Cincinnati is that Cinderella team. They go to Tennessee. They beat a great Titans team that was on the bye. I think the bye hurts you, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Kansas City game. In the first half, everybody thought they were about to get blown out of the water. Second half, they regroup. You know, you can say it in a lot of ways. Yes, Kansas City gave the game away, but you give a lot of credit to this team and their tenaciousness. One thing I say about Cincinnati is you have to be careful in this football game, Taylor, because everybody is saying Rams, Rams, Rams. And nobody's really talking about the Bengals except for Joe Burrow's story. But you (laughs) haven't really heard about the rest of his teammates and everybody else. Um, And and a lot of that has to say that these kids, have. I was saying, these men in this position, they've been – like 
people have been writing them off all year. They've been the underdog all postseason. Exactly. And so that makes them a dangerous team. Now, yeah. flipping the switch, the Rams, everybody when they got Matthew Stafford said they supposed to go to the Super Bowl. So they've been dealing with pressure ever since practice number one. Now, Sean McVay almost messed it up against the 49ers with some of those bad challenges. You can yeah. tell he was feeling the pressure. I'm like, somebody got to be around him. Say, like, hey, coach, you can look at the scoreboard up there. Like, hey, yeah. hey, hey don't challenge this but no one said anything but you find themselves in this position it's not over for them for them it was super bowl or bust yeah. because they went all out this year getting von miller getting stafford then you get odell beckham so you know all these things add up to put pressure so who has the most pressure in this game the rams do yeah but at the end of the day, it's all about finishing. You can get there, but can you finish? And watching Matthew Stafford's wife run the field and give him a hug, mm-hmm. people don't know the story. She went through a 12-hour uh, surgery. It was a brain surgery, I think it was. Yep, she had a brain she tumor. Through, so she went through a brain tumor and all the pressure that he has to deal with. If people don't understand, like, NFL is not as easy as it looks. Like, yeah. he was in a bad franchise in Detroit. Let's just be honest. And now you put him in a good franchise with good players and a solid foundation. And this is what you have. This is what you get. Like that can happen for a lot of players, but a lot of guys get stuck in those bad franchises. So mm-hmm. this is a game that's hard for me to pick. <sighs> I finished my career in Cincinnati, <laughs> but my mind is telling me, Jay, you're going to have to hop on the bandwagon with everybody else only because of that one guy on defense, Aaron Donald. And I get it. How do you stop this guy? 12 and a half sacks going against double teams, 84 tackles on the year. Then you got Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller. So I just think from a defensive game, defense win championships. That's why I'm leaning towards the Rams. Okay. But Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, who you got? Who oh, has yeah, a better I mean, game? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I missed the whole question. That's uh, okay. You buried my lead, but you did a fantastic <laughs> job. So I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> you good. Uh, I'm going to go with Stafford. Okay. Because of his connection with Cooper Cup. Yep. And then Odell has been playing with a chip on his shoulder. And uh, and I, I just feel like they're at home. That has something to do with they won't have to deal with much crowd noise because they're at home offensively. Okay. So I guess that probably gives me the answer to this next one, which is the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection or the Matt Stafford-Cooper Cup connection? Yeah, I, I got to lean with Cooper Cup. Like, this guy had 1,900-some yards receiving this year. Like, and he just knows how to get open. They went through a, they went against a great 49ers defense and yeah. he was still able to produce. So I like the Jamar chase, but I think Ramsey is going to play Jamar, which makes it a little bit tougher. Uh, yeah, that'll be because, a key matchup. Exactly. So who's going to cover Cooper Cup? You know, mm-hmm. you put Eli Apple on him, but he's not Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, this one is probably a given. Uh, Bengals O line versus Aaron Donald. I'm not even saying Rams pass rush. I'm just saying Aaron Donald. Okay. Okay. Jeffrey Simmons from the Tennessee Titans had three sacks of the nine sacks that they had against the Titans in the playoff game. Yeah. Aaron Donald has two helpers on the outside. How many sacks do you think he get? Hmm. So, and he's on turf. Yep. And he has the crowd noise behind him. So Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald. Yeah. That Bengals O-line. I, Here's the thing. They just need to do enough. 
And uh, that's essentially what they've been able to do sometimes. But the consistency is so lacking for that line. Joe was sacked 12 times in three postseason games. Now he won them all. But still, the pressure that he is going to get from that Rams pass rush is certainly going to impact him, as will the noise. You're absolutely right on that. Okay, what about the Rams O-line versus the Bengals D-line? I feel like this Bengals D-line actually gets overlooked a little bit. Yeah, they get overlooked. They're young, but at the same time, though, they bring it. Um, they do. You know, Sam like Hubbard's they, they, fantastic. Right, he brings it, and the rest of those guys bring it. Like they, they have a team that I feel like, from a defensive standpoint, that they have a bend but don't break mentality. Yeah, you know, like they, they play you hard, but then you get to the the red zone, they kind of tighten a little bit more, and they try to keep you out of the end zone. So. It is a, a, a thing that a lot of people are not talking about. That's why I say this is what makes them a dangerous football team. Mm -hmm. Like, because everybody know what Aaron Dunn and those guys can do. And like I said, from a bingo standpoint, I'll tell you in a minute how I feel like they can win the game. Okay. But but from this standpoint, though, like, you have to give credit to, to the Bengals defensive line. Like, they have forced – they forced Mahomes to have a three-quarterback rating in the second half last two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. A three. And the first half he was running around. So that just goes to show you, like, they make good adjustments. They and, do. Uh, that's the thing about them. They they will have a plan for the Rams. And uh, they'll have a they have they have great adjustments at halftime, which has have made which has made them a good team in the playoffs. Right. The Bengals have recorded the ninth most sacks in the league, 42 in the regular season. Obviously, they're rushed led by Sam Hubbard, like I said, as well as Trey Hendrickson. Conversely, the Rams have allowed Stafford to be sacked 31 times, which is the sixth most. So obviously a lot is made of, of the Bengals offensive line and where they struggle and the amount that Joe gets sacked, but it's not a huge improvement on the Rams side either. I actually think the offensive line is probably the weak spot for both of these teams. So um, that certainly will be an interesting one to watch for. And one thing that I think makes me kind of lean toward the Bengals, but then the, the, Stadium and the home field advantage makes me lean toward the Rams. So I'm, I'm really struggling here. Um, but with that knowledge that the offensive lines have their, their weaknesses, when you look over the course of the season with that reality being a part of it, that the offensive lines have, have struggled at times, Matt Stafford is mistake prone when he's uncomfortable, when he is comfortable, when he can control things, he's fantastic. He's, he's up there, but when he gets uncomfortable, when things kind of break down, he's more mistake prone. Joe Burrow is accustomed to discomfort at this point. He is being sacked left, right, and center. It is a part of the game that he has now had to adapt to and his game still thrives off of so I actually think that if both O-lines are kind of shut down by their respective defensive fronts I give the edge to Joe in handling the breakdowns more than Stafford does well, that's a great analogy I'm talking about, I can see your point there like yeah. Joe does do well in moments that that feels like some guys will crumble in yeah uh, you know, Stafford, like I said, in an NFC Championship game, he got away with one. Mm -hmm. 49ers up 17-14. He throws a floater pretty much over the middle of the field that if if it's intercepted by San Francisco's safety, they may go down and score in the game over. Yep. And he dropped the ball, and then they end up scoring. So it could be a different story. We could be talking about 49ers and Bengals yeah. 
You know, totally. if that if that play, that one play right there just reverses. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it definitely makes your point valid. Yeah. I feel like that could could definitely be a storyline there. Um I'll say this though. Uh, everybody assumes that oh man, you go to Super Bowl your second year, man. You got many years you go back. No. That's Drew Brees true. Drew Brees played with Sean Payton, one of the best offensive minds in football. Drew Brees put up one of the numbers, one of the, you know, top five statistics of all time. He went to one Super Bowl. That is uh, so th- wild. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Everybody call Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback. Been through, you know, puts up numbers and everything. All of a sudden, how many he been to? Been to one Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Brett Favre had 13 years between his Super Bowl, his last opportunity for a Super Bowl from based off. So you don't get back that easy. Dan That's Marino true. never made it to a Super Bowl. So That's a great Joe point. Burrow in Cincinnati, if you want to ever win a Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history, this may be your best opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, not everybody's Tom Brady. Ain't that the truth? Um, okay, let's talk about the run game, which really doesn't get talked a whole lot because you've got guys like Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, CJ Uzama, which, by the way, update on our Auburn guy who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, a veteran tight end for them. He, he's been having a great season. He went down in the last game with a knee injury, could not return. Um, the last update I read was that he did not practice on Wednesday and has still been very limited, but Zach Taylor did a press conference and was asked about CJ's status and said that he is optimistic that CJ will be able to play. So they're taking it very slow with him in practice this week. But if I know anything about CJ, he's finding a way onto that field. So, Oh yeah. And they got something that's going to put him on that field. Let's just say that. (laughs) Wow. Very good point. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Very, very, very good. <laughs> they point. got something there to put him on that field for a good four, five hours. You right. You right. Now the next day one might be a different story, <laughs> but nonetheless, he'll find a way to play in that. I mean, it's the freaking Super Bowl. Come on. Um, okay. Running wise and another injury update, which plays into my, this question, um, of Joe Mixon versus Cam Akers and who you lean toward in that one. Cam Akers has had a shoulder issue as of late. He returned to practice in limited fashion after sitting out last week. He also was out a good bit in the regular season because of an Achilles tear. So he's one of the top backs, but he certainly had injury issues. When these two are at, you know, close to full go, assuming that we see both of them and and they're, you know, playing in the way that we're accustomed to seeing them, which one do you lean toward, Mixon or Akers? Ooh, I'm gonna have to go Joe Mixon, man. This yeah, kid runs. This guy runs hard. Like uh, he, he can turn a negative play into a positive play, like numerous of times. And you know, Acres, what a story though. You know, he, this guy tore his what his Achilles, oh, I believe yeah. it was, like before the season even started, and now he's back playing. Like that usually is a full year recovery, and especially you know, for guy, a running back. Good lord, exactly. Yes, for a running back. So his story is tremendous. Like there's a lot of great stories in this Super Bowl, and it's good to see new faces in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Uh, respect to Brady, but there's also great. You know, there's a lot of other great stories about people that goes on. You know, they, yeah. But yeah, Joe missing for me, uh, just because he's tough running. And uh, and people don't realize this. He's just as good as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, and he I put is. him ahead of, ahead of Acres in that department. Acres catch a lot of screens, but Joe Mixon is more of a receiving back as well. Mm-hmm. So I give the edge to Joe Mixon. 
I would agree with you on that one too. I think it's, I think we're set up for a really good game. If both of these teams play the way they've been playing in postseason, this one's going to be a lot of freaking fun to watch. And, and I hope so. But what will also be really freaking fun to watch is the Super Bowl halftime. We are going to be treated by a lovely show by none other than Snoop Dogg himself, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. We got some legends performing this year. What are your thoughts on it, Jay? Yeah, we got Eminem, Mary J., uh, Kendra Lamar. Uh, I said Dr. Dre. So all of them have done collaborate hits before. Yeah. So I think they're able to get a lot of songs in within 15 to 20 minutes uh, just because they have collab. But uh, this should be a great halftime show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? It's 80 degrees in L.A. Like, come oh on. Like, God, come on. you know, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Have you seen that stadium? It's, yes, it's gorgeous. It's, yes. So. It's just so much to just, and LA is fun. LA is LA fun. Is and fun. this, and you know, they're going to do it right. And yeah. it should be a great show. Last most important question, Jay must have food for Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, man. Everybody always get wings and, and things, but you know, I, I'm going to go with some good old pasta. Oh, and some okay. Shrimp and, sausage in it and some mm. you know chicken and just you know some good pasta what about let's throw another one out there what about what's your go-to cake on super bowl what's your go-to mm. dessert you like know is, dessert? It some, is it some cookies is it some pie is it some mm. cake is it cupcakes like what's I mean, your go-to dessert i asked it for your must-have food and you just listed like 15 but sure. <laughs> Um, my guy loves food and I, I will oblige. I think hmm, I just honestly, like my favorite dessert on planet earth is just a good chocolate chip cookie. Like I just, I can't beat it. I like, you know, crispy edges, gooey center. So yeah, you bake some chocolate chip cookies and I'm sold. I do love cheesecake though. And and we usually, we usually mess with some cheesecake but I'm actually a more appetizer girl on Super Bowl Sunday I mean obviously if somebody's gonna throw a steak on the grill like come at me but like buffalo chicken dip is a requirement okay like I and I will surround it like pigs in a blanket like that kind of stuff I will just munch all day long it's the best with that, I think we will close it out. Uh, I feel good about the way that we we started off on a, a difficult conversation and we ended on food. So that's uh, that's a good way to do it. But everybody, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you have not already, you can do that in the podcast app and you will get a notification every time we release an episode. We realize there is a lot going on, a lot of you know questions. And I like to think that people come to our podcast and trust our you know reports and our input and our insight. And that's why we're being very careful about this Harson situation. We were careful about the Davis situation last week because where speculation comes in, Um, this thing gets worse. And so we are certainly not going to do that. We will report and give our thoughts and opinions on things as they become solid and as they become fact. So uh, make sure you stick with us because obviously a lot of development still to come. We will be back next week. We'll break down the Super Bowl, hopefully recap some more basketball wins. And uh, who knows, maybe there will be some some breaking news in terms of our our head coach and where things stand for football. So uh, we will keep you posted on all of it. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl this week, everybody. And as always, probably now more than ever, War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.